<laughs> On that note, today we are talking about Operation Paperclip. <laughs> so everyone knows that we're not just uh, over here praising the Nazis. I can actually, I can go to like 4.30. Is that good? Whatever, whatever we do, we do. It's all fun to me. Hell yeah. So, speaking of Operation Paperclip, today, SpaceX is launching American astronauts into space from American rockets from American soil. American astronauts on American rockets from American soil for the first time since 2011. Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. But birthed from Operation Paperclip. We would not be where we are. That's the truth that not a lot of people know and perhaps not a lot of people want to come to terms with is that we are where we are because of the brilliance of Nazis. It's a, it's a salty truth. But, it's, it's a difficult pill to swallow, isn't it, my friend? It is. It's, um, so for what everyone, everyone, people that don't know, Operation Paperclip by Annie Jacobson is an awesome book. Really, any part of it's awesome. But um, starting right after the Germans surrendered, uh, the Allied Occupied Forces, I believe is Operation Alsace, and the OSS, the precursor to the CIA, was over there, and we were, we, through different scientists, different intercepted papers, weapons caches, and um, yeah, I guess actual hardware, we start to realize just how far ahead the Nazis were. And later would illuminate just how bad of a, of a military, um, I guess, military strategist Hitler was, because he had, he had the bees, knees, and technology, but still managed to lose. He sure uh, did. You know, something else that kind of precludes, precedes that is what a lot of people don't know is a lot of very famous companies today were the companies that were building Hitler's war machine, Porsche, uh, tank engines, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, the Bayer company and the AG Farben, IG Farben, chemistry weapons, you know, the chemical weapons. We don't even think of it. And those, those Nazi uniforms, that looked so sharp and sinister. Hugo Boss. Um, these names today are very Ooh. prestigious, and and uh, boy, they, yeah, you know, some of the most sinister uh, outfits ever worn by human beings in time of war or peace, designed in part by Hugo Boss. Yeah, who still makes some of the finest uh, menswear yeah. in the world. Yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, I have a couple of. Hugo Boss suits in the closet. I'm not not too eager to put them on. Yeah, I've got the same label as Himmler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But really, I mean, it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that they had like relations with Nazis. I.G. Farben helped construct Auschwitz. Yes, they helped construct and design because hey, if we're gassing all these undesirables anyway, why don't we do some experiments on them? We got hell. Yeah. We got, I mean, think about how much it takes to bring a drug to how much money it takes to bring a drug to market. We got phase one, two, three, and four trials. It's roughly a billion dollars in a decade. It is expensive. Yeah, and and didn't they have the patent on Zyklon B? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh. they the guy I cannot remember his name was working for the German government. I mean, technically the Nazis, but even then he was just a guy that was working to produce a pesticide. 
so yeah. that a, a stronger pesticide because pesticides or pests caught damage crops and damage i guess german property so you know do the german thing and just throw science at it until it's fixed you can and he was he was actually awarded 1 million reichsmarks because this this pesticide he produced was so powerful that he was ashamed because he was like, it's too strong. They're not going to be able to use it. It kills too many. It kills too much living matter per per gram or whatever their metric was. Yes. He was awarded a ton of money because the Nazis were like, ooh, baby. And that went on to gas 6 million Jews. Unbelievable when you think about it. And a whole other podcast is the Catholic Church's involvement in in all of this. And there was that priest who was in charge of clean drinking water. And so he got a look at what was going on at the gas chambers and tried desperately to alert the Vatican. And whether he actually told the Pope or not, that's a whole nother fascinating topic. Yes, that is. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. <laughs> that is another <laughs> podcast. But here Hitler's got Porsche and Ferdinand Porsche and Volkswagen designing, you know, which just means the people's car. Yeah. And the Volkswagen Beetle was designed in part by Hitler himself. Yeah. It's wasn't it wasn't it Audi? Does doesn't Audi have German roots? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Volkswagen and Audi are like Cadillac and Chevy. They're related yeah. companies. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. But you know what the disturbing thing is? Is the more you listen to that book, is that you you learn that not that it's really like an applicable piece of advice, but maybe it is for some people. What I learned from it in a sort of dark way was, okay, if I ever want to work for a dictatorship or I ever plan on doing something truly nefarious in life, just make sure I'm the best one at it ever because yeah. the highest bidder will take me instead of putting me in a, in, a, in a noose. Well, you're right. And when you think about where the Nazis were so far ahead, I mean, things people know about, like the Panzer tank that would shred a Sherman tank. Yeah. Our, our only way to defeat these Panzer and Tiger tanks was five or six Shermans had to attack yeah. it from behind. Overwhelm. Overwhelm it from behind. Um, and that was pretty much true across the board. The, the difference, the only reason we won the war was production capacity because we could produce and transport and support five or six German or Sherman tanks for every Panzer they could produce and fuel and support. It's the only way we made it. And the jet planes that the, the Germans were flying towards the end of the war. Yeah, the Messerschmitt? Yeah. The literal first jet. Yep, yep. And they're flying these things. We had no idea. Yeah. There's, there's reports of pilots going up and being, like, more confused than anything. Because they'd be like, where's the propeller? Yes. And then this thing would just tear away. And it was like, what the hell is that? Could have turned the tide of the war if they could have produced enough of them quickly enough and used them correctly. Because yes. they, what were they using them for? Because there's, I always get them mixed up. But it's they were using them for one thing, and if they had done the other, it's it's either they were using them to drop bombs, and if they used them to again, yeah, and then if they used them to intercept planes, they would have, or they're doing the opposite. They're intercepting instead of bombing. Whatever they were doing, had they done the opposite. I think even Eisenhower said, and LeMay said, he, I mean, he said this in like 1950, he's like, World War II would still be going on. He's like, it didn't matter if we had, if we threw 10,000 B-17s. If these, I mean, 
freaking alien technology Messerschmitt two six twos. Yes. If, if they just dispatch them at our at our uh, bombing formations, they're like they they just would have shot them all down. We'd send more and they'd shoot them down. They're like we would just be at this stalemate forever. Yes. And and that wasn't even their frontline fighter. They still were building these prototypes, like the horse, the flying wing. Yeah, yeah. That they the, were um, building. The, that, uh, uh, yeah. looks a lot like a B two bomber. Yeah, being, being built in nineteen forty four. Yeah, what was it? The the Horton, Horton, something, Horton two two, Horton two two two. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh no. And then you can see in nineteen forty seven the original. The, the original flying wing, the YF something, the, the Northrop flying wing. Yes. Which in 89, when we l- released the B2, North, the Northrop Grumman B2, do you know it has the same exact wingspan? Yes. It was, a, it was a nod to Jack Northrop because he was pushing, he was pushing the flying wing forward and because of defense contractor interests, the Air Force didn't choose it even though he showed that nothing could carry more cargo farther, faster, more efficiently than a flying wing. And that's why Jack Northrop's plane never got it. But when we came out with the B-2, long after Northrop was dead, that's they made it the same exact wingspan because that, that was their tip of the hat because he was right. And, and in, in fairness, of course, the, the uh, German flying wing did not have stealth no. like the B-2. But yeah. it was it was the same principle well, and yeah. totally revolutionary. And I think there's one in the Smithsonian in Washington D.C. Really? Yeah, yeah I believe there is. Yeah. Well, well, Hitler's requirement because everything was always grandiose and you know inspired by crystal meth was he wanted something that could carry a thousand kilograms, a thousand kilometers, at a thousand kilometers an hour. And I don't they obviously never hit those, but that was that's what led to the flying wing. But, I mean, think about that, the flying wing. The B-21 Raider, which is replacing the B-2, is still a flying wing. Yes. And these guys were knocking it off in 44. It's, it's unbelievable when you think about all the Wunderwaffe, the oh wonder God. weapons. Those oh Germans God. have a different word for everything. You know. They did. But, but um, the, the, the chemical weaponry, yeah. the, the artillery, the tanks, uh, even the submachine guns, the... the, the hand weapons yeah the, were so far advanced in uh, compared to what we were producing uh the, the u-boats yeah just just unbelievable and we show up and see that there's all this other stuff that nobody even knows about yeah and what do we do and it's all in land that is about to be taken over by the russians yeah it's that's and that's where it gets all it gets so true yeah was the gun the, the it's like the sts or the STS-44 or the Gewehr-40. But yeah, no, there are reports of when American soldiers, when we'd kill the, when we'd kill the Krauts, the Americans, they'd throw the Thompson aside. they toss yeah. it in the snow and they'd pick up the German weapon and it was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck some shit up now. Yeah, but yeah. That's what we used, I don't know if you ever heard Bill Burr's joke about uh, the Sherman and the Panzers. And he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, uh, there's some German general, oh, there's some American general that says, it took four took four American tanks to take on one German tank. I said, "Well, how'd you beat them?" And he said, "We had five. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. Have you seen that Brad Pitt movie, Fury? No. You've got to see that. All right. All right. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie about the Shermans versus the Panzers, 
in the in 1945 and it's just unbelievable the terror of being in a sherman tank and a panzer or a tiger breaks through the trees and what these guys went through it's just phenomenal i just wrote it down i'll watch it yeah it's it's really worth watching yeah i will yeah bill yeah bill burr's bit is he goes yeah we just he says we went just straight up mcdonald's on them we just super we just yeah we just we produced billions and billions served that's what we did is we just we came we, we're not better we'll make more and we'll just not only them. could we make more but we could get them there and maintain the supply line yes well that's that, well that's what eisenhower is known for was just yes. a logistics monster it just, yes and without that it never can be done now today could we produce that kind of weaponry at that rate i don't know if we need to because we are now that sounds bad but we're now the germans in a sense we are the ones with the wunder weapons we are m1 abram but think about the f-22 how many do we have 186 i thought we had more than that but oh okay well yeah all right pretty close to that and about 170 of them are in combat shape i mean that's not a lot of planes no not really really not when you think about the thousands of P-51s that were produced mm. during World War II, mm. um, maybe we don't need as many. Maybe if we ever go to a war that needs those, it'll all be over and the world will be devastated. Yeah, it's well, I know there's, I know when designing the F-22, their, their, the requirement, it was, it was, it was called, it was just called 10x multiplication. And it meant that one pilot could take on 10. Yeah, except they don't carry enough weapons to do that. Yeah, it's yeah, man. That's a uh, that's a hairy thought because it's China, the nineteen forty four America, can they just mass produce? You know, oh, we send an F twenty two, but yeah, they can just send out you know fifty whatever the hell they have per one of ours. It's but yeah, I mean, you got the Panzers, you got the Messerschmitt two six twos. That was when we learned that they had broken the sound barrier because we found their wind tunnel. And yes. yes, so advanced. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we realized, we're like, oh my God, they're like, they're so far ahead. But it really was like, um, it'd be like, I don't know what the best way to describe it would be. It, really, it would be like if I was holed up in my house and I was, you know, shooting at the cops and they got a pot shot, nailed me in the head and they come in and they're sweeping the house and they thought I just had pistols, but they're finding like mortar rounds. They're mm-hmm. finding like flamethrowers. They're finding, you know, holy shit. He had like a, a, he had a fission bomb in the basement, but he didn't, why didn't he set it off? Right. Oh, he's not, he's apparently not a good strategist. Okay, and now the uh, the rival police department—they're coming in to sweep it next. We need to take this stuff, right? Oh, and but we don't—it's so far ahead. It's not that just we can take it; it's so far ahead that oh shit, a couple of his accomplices are still alive. Okay, hey, we're gonna look the other way. You guys are coming with us. You guys are now part of the police department. We can't tell anyone. With the rockets, the V two that they were at something like twenty five years. Twenty five years, Americans. That's insane. Yeah, it's that's incredible. 
that is insane because the fear was was because we you know we were going over there and we were bombing their heavy water plants because we were like we can't let them get a nuke right but then yeah you're right 25 years ahead that's what the report to the pentagon was and the realization was okay we were building this atomic weapon the russians are i don't know maybe five years behind us the the race is soon going to be not who can build the atomic weapon it's going to be who can deliver it correct and it was here are these rockets these rockets now can go from you know a couple hundred miles maybe a thousand miles it's only a matter of time before these things can go over oceans one of the most interesting scenes in the whole book was when the Nazis were gathered at that castle in the winter of 1944, launching V2s off of the the lawn of the castle. That is my celebrating, and they were they were so excited and so prideful that they had tears in their eyes. That is, yeah, that is my that's my favorite imagery in the book because it's so dark. It's so surreal. It's you get yeah. I've, I've thought about Operation Paperclip and I've thought like, would this not be a good like Tarantino movie? Sure would. It'd be phenomenal. It would be amazing. But like, yeah, they're at Castle Varlar and it's like, I mean, it's literally the equivalent of, you know, a tux, you know, uh, like a red carpet affair. It's all the, all the top brass are there, all the wives, all the Nazi regalia, you know, the hundred foot tall curtains with the swastika yes. and the eagles and the candles and the long dinner tables and five course meals. And then what they do is they're announcing, you know, you get the iron cross for doing this and your exceptional efforts. Band plays, yes. lights go down, the big curtains open up and it's looking out onto the lawn and you're on this 800 year old castle and they're looking out onto the lawn and it's a starry night and you have these massive things that are, you know, they're sweating off the steam, these 50-foot-tall things full of liquid-fueled rockets. Yes. Which took us a while to manage. And yeah. there's about 200 or 2,000 pounds of TNT on the tip. And then they take them, and it's not just that they have these. They have all these. And, yeah, the imagery is they have spotlights on them and stuff, and oh, they're yeah. just out on the field, and it's quiet, and everyone gets quiet. Oh, are we doing a test launch? No. We're launching this at a city right now. Shakes off, thunders into the night, and they bring up on the map, this is going towards this city. They're crying. It's all just wonderful. They drink a couple more toasts. It's quiet again. The curtains open up. The next one goes off. But these were live missiles going to actual targets. And they knew it, too. This wasn't, it's not that that it was sanitized. It is, I'm glad you brought that up. That, that is just, I mean, if that is not some just like Nazism in a nutshell, just complete detach, detachment from humanity with the impressive technology and the, the dramatic, almost occultish affair, it is... Fanaticism. In, yeah. And, and the problem is, is they weren't fanatic and like barbarians. The problem is, is they were brilliant. That's what the problem was. It's, Very much so. You can hear Wagner playing in the background, and I'm yeah. sure that Spear designed, like you said, the spotlights and everything to be very dramatic. Yeah, it's and those rockets are roaring into the, the sky, and here they're they're almost defeated. They just don't know it. Yeah, they haven't accepted because the rockets couldn't possibly be produced fast enough. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing is yeah, produced in Nordhausen, the 
under the mountain mines where they brought Jews in there. And they were afraid that if they gave them tools that they would be able to do an uprising. So they just had to bore out this mountain complex by hand. And that's where the rockets were produced. And how do you do that exactly? How do you dig solid rock by hand? When you don't view your subjects as humans. I, I suppose so. Because go, they go faster. Did it. Because they did it. Yeah, go faster. Or yeah, I mean they used to they take the they take the um the uppity ones and they'd hang them. They had almost like clothes on a clothesline. They'd hang like 10 Jews and they'd be like, if you got a problem, you can go up next. Yes. I think they said something like 400,000 Jews died just there. Un unbelievable. It's and they are the ones that are assembling these rockets. Yeah. And fueling yeah. them. And they, there was a little comment in there about these were alcohol fueled. So they had problems with people getting drunk on the, on yeah. the fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of the British guys when they capture them, yeah, apparently they they get fucked. They let a crack open a V two and get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Hey, there's a V two. Let's party. Yeah, it's like an enormous keg. Yeah, even <laughs> that is just some insane imagery. Just imagine, yeah, all these British, all these, yeah, RAF guys and American guys. You know, the badass World War Two haircuts and yeah, smoking cigars and literally a big keg. Go yeah. dip your glass in the V two. Yeah, yeah unbelievable and if they only had been able to have the, the infrastructure and the resources to build enough of those things I mean, people were terrified people yeah. in the West, they were terrified of those things that's i mean that's what it was too it was the psychological it's where's this it's we can now reach you at your home yes it's, yes now didn't they also design them to when they came down they would scream and make this very eerie sound well, yeah, that was what the engine was. Yeah. There's still a couple V2s that have been perfectly preserved. You can find YouTube videos and they fire them up. Yeah. And it's this like, it's this screaming, almost like this like industrial like hornet, like bumblebee. Yeah. And the thing was, is it would then, there was a fuse and then that would, when it ran out and the fuse, would, because they're brilliant the fuse was directly timed to the distance they wanted it to go and it would run out and it would it literally like a little guillotine would cut off the motor and then it would get quiet and that's when it would start the parabolic arc parabolic i don't know ballistic tra trajectory down to the target so you were safe if you could still hear it screaming yeah because if you could still hear it screaming because they were going faster than the speed of sound some of these went up to mach 5 that's hypersonic. We're working on hypersonic missiles now in 2020. Right. Wrap your head around that. And these, if they went overhead and you could hear the scream, you were safe. Yeah. Because that meant that it had passed you and the sound had hit you and obviously you weren't blown up. It's If it got quiet, so that's the other thing. It's not even that, hey, if you hear the screaming run, it's because you're not going to hear it coming. If right. you look up, you would this supersonic thing would be coming at you silently. So it's, if you hear the screaming, you're good. If you don't hear screaming, there's a chance you're about to be killed. Yes. Well, how often is the sky not screaming? All, not right now. Sky's right perfectly now. quiet. Right that now. means terror. That means it's quiet, man. It's too quiet. Psychological warfare at its finest. It's, and you got to think, man, what if they had not, tried to invade Russia. 
Uh, probably be swastikas flying over every city right now. Certainly in Europe. Certainly in Europe, sure. You know, I don't think Hitler ever envisioned invading America, but who knows what yeah, he did. happened. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's not an Operation Paperclip. I'll find it for you. There's an awesome YouTube documentary on it, but it's, oh, dude, he had a whole plan. He had a whole plan. And he was going to turn on the Japanese because they were the next undesirables. Well, and that, that's another great uh, TV show is The Man in the High Castle. Have you watched that? Oh, I've heard of it. I know what oh, it is. Oh, man. So I need to watch that too, all right? That's, that's, been, that's, that's an alternate history where yeah. Germany and Japan invade America and conquer it. And it's about life under the Nazis and the, the Germans and the Japanese, and it's, it's great. And they have, in that, they have, uh, like, it's in the 50s, but the Germans have supersonic commercial airlines and all this advanced technology, uh, cell phones, and the things that we didn't invent for 40 years. Jeez. And it's just amazing. It, you will really like it. Okay, I'll watch it. I got, I've got time. But the big question here that I have for you, yeah. is they've got the V2. They can deliver weaponry over the, co the continent. And they have these stores of this tabum gas. Yeah. It's just sitting, yeah. it's deadly. A drop on your skin and you're dead. You don't yeah. have to breathe it. It yeah. just touches you and you're dead. But the two never get put together. It's and the gas sits in storage even as the Americans come across the Rhine into the heart of the Germany of German empire. And it's never touched. Why is that? It's I remember I've, I've listened to that book three times now. And that's something that always, I don't have an answer for that because that's not just like, I mean, I'm not a military strategist, but every, everyone knows you don't invade Russia in the winter. You just don't. Right, right. <laughs> you don't. Napoleon, yeah. even, even in cold war, the planning was, Hey, no, <laughs> no, if you're going to do it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be an American blitzkrieg starting in like April, finished by August. Cause you just don't do that. So like, that's one thing where I, it's like someone with a biology degree, like myself, I can still look at it and go, yeah, he, well, he's an idiot. Um, but that one makes no sense to me. I, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know because it's clearly not a matter of like last resort. Because it's clearly as we're dealing with Adolf Hitler. Like, there's no... Not a moral issue. Yeah, it's not a moral issue. It's... I, I don't know. Because you have this thing that is... Yeah, I can never remember the name. Tab and gas. And it's far more effective than anything they've they tried previously. And they have the V2. Yeah. And the British were actually... They were hand... What was the government? They're handing out 4.5, 5.4 million gas masks? Yes. Is it just, is it an operation that's still classified? Did we send in the OSS? Did did the British send in, what was their special operations executive? MI6 eventually. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. it was before MI6. Yeah. Well, they, their, their, their group, Annie Jacobson's other book, uh, Surprise, Kill, Vanish. Yeah, Surprise, Kill, Vanish. Yeah, it's about that, about mm -hmm. the, uh, the original sort of black ops. That's the only thing I can think of is something but why would that be classified still i don't know and i know they mention in the book that hitler did not approve of biological uh, warfare but i can't imagine that he would have stopped them when berlin was being threatened or, or when the yeah. russians were pushing them back yeah 
from Stalingrad. I just, I don't understand. I'm very thankful. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And he was not shy about using his wonder weapons. No, it was, you're right. He did have a weird thing against, I don't know if he thought it was like not proper war. Well, remember, he passed in World War I. I was about to say, Hitler served in World War I. Mm -hmm. But just looking at his psychology, I don't see him being like, it's not gentlemanly. I see it more like, you know, there are cases in World War I where they release the gas and then the wind changes. Yes. Yes. But well, you're they're right. developing all these biological weapons too, the sword and the shield. Yeah. Yeah. going to drop a biological weapon, but we need a vaccine first. Yes. In yeah. order to protect us because of that very thing. Walter Schreiber, Walter Schreiber, Dr. Bloma. Yes. Otto Ambrose. Yes. Yeah. The sword and the shield. And it's, but you're, you're right because even if the fear was that I was going to come back to the fatherland, it, it doesn't make sense because when all else is failing, why would you not fire it all off? I, I just don't understand it. I mean, and if they had, it could potentially have had a serious impact Absolutely. on the patient. Imagine just the fear. Yeah. Hey, just go drop a few of those on Normandy. Yeah, can you imagine that? Yeah. Were you torn apart by 50 cows? No, instead he bled out of his eyes and choked on his own vomit. Yeah, Yeah. imagine what people would have thought about the invincibility of the Nazis if that had happened. But they just didn't do it. And it's just sitting in this hidden storage facility in the mountains. You know what it might have been is... You got to just love the rat bastard nature of the Nazis. And I say love sarcastically. They started little noses sniffling. They started to realize that Germany wasn't winning. Right. And they are not stupid. They knew what they were doing was ghoulish and that they were going to be hung. Yes. The smart ones, what did they do? They started burying documents. They had their little, uh, they have their little rainy day funds. Hey, yeah. I've got this. Uh, I know how to build the tail fins for the V2. I'm going to put that over there because in case those good old American boys come knocking on my door and tell me I've got a one-way train ticket to Nuremberg, well, I'd like to have a word with Eisenhower or Patton. Hey, I've got these weapons because I know you guys want to fight the Russians. Right. And these guys are, they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. They, they see the geo, geopolitical chess pieces. In fields and in caves and uh-huh. in hidden panels and they're uh-huh. all, all over the place, which of course we had to run all over the place finding them and then finding the documents because the technology was so advanced without both the, the plans and the scientists, we couldn't duplicate it. It was, it was alien technology at that point. It was, yeah, got to have all of them. Absolutely. The only thing I can think is is maybe whoever was in charge of these individual programs, you know, it's because I, I know for myself, I often think of like, Oh, I'm like, there's like Hitler, Himmler, Goring, Goebbels, you know, a couple others. And I'm like, and those were the Nazis and everyone else were just foot soldiers. They had tens of thousands of scientists. Oh, there, this wasn't a small operation. So because that, you know, this thing was broken apart into just everyone oversaw their own piece. The only thing I can think of 
I never thought about it until kind of what you start saying is that they didn't use them because they're probably like, if we use these, okay, maybe there's a chance we hold off the allies and the Russians or we don't use them, piss them off less. And we have this thing that if they haven't seen it, it's still this secretive goodie. And it's, Hey, I've got this thing. Maybe you want to bring me to America. Do you think Hitler knew about tab and gas or was that something that they did? They kept from him. That's a good question because again, they were all sniveling little fuckers. They you all bet they were self-interest above everything. Oh, yeah, I mean, what did they all say when they'd be interrogated at um at uh, what was it the jail Ashcan? You should really execute him. Yes, right. You know, <laughs> he, he's you a bad are. one. Hey, you know, you. That guy. I'm your buddy. That guy right there. That's an insidious. What are they called? The uh. uh one of the guys, he has an iron heart, all right? Yes. And then he'd come in and the other guy would go out. Listen, I'm not perfect, but you want to know who's a fucking demon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these fucking bastards, dude. It's, so that being said, I don't know. Either you're right. Did Hitler know about it? Or did Hitler say, you know, because remember, Hitler didn't leave the Fuhrer bunker for, once he went down, he was, he was there. He, he was there. Permanently. Committed suicide there, yeah. So, I mean, maybe he's giving out these orders, fire the tavern gas. I mean, all I can think of is some guys get the orders and they're like, okay, this might do it, this might work, but we're pretty sure that we're about to get fucked. Let's not fire it. Well, we do know that in the closing days of the war, that Speer and Donuts and the others disregarded Hitler's orders to yeah. destroy everything. Yeah. But you would think that this would have been substantially earlier where they had the opportunity to launch these chemical weapons and just didn't do it. Yeah, I think it's, I don't, there's probably not a single answer. It's probably, probably hubris. You know, we're not going to lose. This is the thousand-year Reich. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I would say hubris and just, I don't know. People seeing, you know, I'm not seeing this through. This is my ticket out of here. This is my ticket to America. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. I would say hubris is the reason why it wasn't shot earlier. Shot out earlier, Tav and Gas V2 is just for one example. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I would say saving their own tails for the latter part. No question that they all were every man for himself. Oh, those dirty fuckers. Oh, I know it. And it worked. That's it worked. That, and that's the thing. Is it worked? I mean, some of these, like Werner von Braun, uh, became a legitimate American loved American hero. Uh, but he fully participated in that slave labor to build those rockets. Oh. He knew what was going on. Yeah. He's yeah. Oh. Paul, I gotta use the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> Talking about these Nazis. <laughs>
excuse me. All right. Yeah, and it's Yeah, I can only think that. Yeah, I mean, I can really only think it was them saving their tails as to why this stuff wasn't. Because there was, there was a dual tail saving endeavor. One, destroy everything so yes. that they can't say, hey, look what you did. Right which is just terrible because that means you know that they knew what they were doing was bad. Oh, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like it wasn't even like they were truly like psychopaths like what do you mean? These aren't people, the Yuden. No, man, they they changed the names in the books to the uh, the the human experimentation. Adult males were pigs. Yes. Uh, adult women were mules. Yes. Kids were were what like mice. Yes. So they were burning all this shit, destroying all this shit, executing as many as they could. So that right there is going to inhibit the the use of these, right? Because if you're blowing up the mines and shutting everything down, okay, well, there, okay, right now, you've, there you've just cut off the supply line. And then it's also, you know, they're going to be more willing to let me come to America if I haven't gassed 10,000 good old boys from, you know, Idaho, some American boys that bled out and choked on their own vomit and had their skin burned off. Like I'm already in hot water. Like that's the only thing I could think of is, or, you know, you again, maybe you only have so much of this, of these weapons. If we use them all, I don't have any bartering chips, you know? Yeah, but they, to the very end, they still tried to hide it. I mean, that yeah. chemical factory that they, they converted to make it look like it made soap. Yeah. And they even handed out soap to all the GIs and everything to keep buddy-buddy with them. Yeah. Here's some free soap, you know, and these guys hadn't had a bath in a month. That part creeped me out. Yeah. Otto Ambrose, the guy that never stopped smiling. Yes. Yes. You must stay clean. It is very important to stay clean and all the euphemisms he was using for like, you know, Jewish impurities, even one speck of impurity in the rubber could blow out a tire. That's yes, exactly right. Hygiene is very hygiene is clean. Yeah. Yeah. And he has these two shaved head skinny Jews. Well, I'm providing them a job. I've provided them with skills to go back to their country. They learn these skills. They're not prisoners. Oh, oh, you're right, man. It's it's very serial killer-ish, right? They really believed in the concept of the untermenschen. Yep. They really, they really believed that. Yeah. And if you weren't um, whatever the true Nordic idea was, then yeah. you were untermenschen. Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, dude, some of their, some of their, some of like Mengele's notes, you know. The Judenkin looks very much like a human. It has two hands, two eyes, has all the same organs actually, but it like it has no self awareness. It yes. is an animal. Holy shit, dude! 
And you know what's really scary about that is a lot of that, the eugenics that the Germans were working on, was very popular here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Hitler was the 1938 Time Man of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like we were sitting back at the time saying, oh, what you're doing is bad. Not that we knew about the concentration camps, but we knew about the racism, the Untermenschen, the genetic purity goals, the eugenics programs. We knew about all that. And people tried to raise the alarm, but just think about how reliable mass media is in the United States if Hitler was man of the year. Jesus. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Yeah. The evil. How how you turn an entire nation into the evil. I I had a, a an older lady who went to our church. She was a, kind of we kind of adopted her for a while uh, towards the end of her life, and she told about she was sitting in Sunday school one day, and the SS broke into the room, took down the crosses and the pictures of Jesus, and put up pictures of Hitler, and says Sunday school is over. This is now the Hitler Youth, and the Sunday school teacher objected, and they took the whole class out in the street and they shot the Sunday school teacher in the head right in front of everybody. And she said, that's how I learned about who Adolf Hitler was. And this is early on, you know, even before the war. Dude, I, Paul, you and I are going to have like a thousand podcasts. We should just, uh, we should just trade books back and forth. Cause I've got a million things I want to talk to you about. I just yeah, started I one. What? I agree. She was, you know, she was an interesting lady. She, uh, she also said that one day towards the end of the war, she was cutting across a field to take food to her family and that a British Spitfire strafed her, tried to kill her. And she's, you know, she's a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. And that's how much hatred there was that a British pilot tried killing a 10-year-old German child. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what did Eisenhower do? He went and grabbed all the you know all the townspeople's by auschwitz dachau birkenau yeah like grabbing a dog and putting their nose and shit yeah well they, the germans were told that, that american soldiers had blacks with them and the blacks were going to rape all the women and and burn down the towns and everything and she said that actually the american soldiers were were very nice but that they were terrified of them because of everything they've been told well i mean again to to be at a point yeah that Nazi indoctrination, and there's no internet, there's no Wikipedia, no Hitler, there's no, you can't even, I mean, really, unless you, unless you're well-educated, you don't even know about the past. You don't even know about other past tyrants, how this has happened. No, and she's living in this Bavarian village where she yeah. had never seen a black person. Yeah. Until the U.S. Army arrived. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I mean, you got to think, I mean, you really are, you are an extension of, of whoever's in power. You're told what you need to know and that's all you need to know hey you know right rah rah this is right this is you know this is it and this is that and yeah and then yeah and hey the americans are going to come and they're going to lie to you so what are they told hey you're the germans are you're burning people alive and gassing them yeah shut up gi right i know you're just lying to me right right but we'll never know how many of the German people actually knew what yeah. was going on, but it was sure a lot more than just a few SS guards and yeah. Himmler and, yeah. and those guys. 
Yeah. They had to have been. They had to have supplied those camps. You know, they had to smell what was going on. Yeah, it's a lot of people knew. A lot of people knew. I'm um a couple hours into an audiobook called KL, which I guess is the German name for the concentration camps, which is KL. That was the abbreviation. But it's a book, it's like 33 hours long, but apparently it's like really the only book out there that is purely about German concentration camps, not other concentration camps in the past, not even about the war. It's just about how these things came to be. And I'm about five hours into it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, um, sounds interesting. Yeah, Nicholas Foschman, Weissman. But it starts in 1932, yeah. 33. And it's really the first time I've ever heard really an in-depth, again, it's nothing about the war. It's nothing about that. It's Hitler coming to power and sort of just how this was implemented. It's a, there's really, there's no argument. It's not for or against. It's just, this is what happened. And I mean, dude, it's a lot like it's, it's boiling. It's the slow boil of the frog, right? You put the frog in boiling water, it hops out. But if you put it in lukewarm water and just crank it up, it'll stay in there until it's skin's bubbling. That, that's right. And it just, it started, if I'm correct, it started as protective custody for people who are deemed to be a threat to the Reich. Protective so that they wouldn't be hurt by the masses. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and they went outside of the judicial system completely mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. put these people in. And concentration camp just means people in close proximity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, early on, the first ones, they'd only have like 100 people there. And not only that, them and the guards would often sleep in the same like dorms. There are stories of the guards smoking with the prisoners, drinking, eating. Yeah, yeah, you know, oh, you're from there. I'm, yeah, my sister's there. They could write home to their families. Early on, you could write home. I didn't know that. From like 33, right now where I am in the book, it's like 36. So if, yeah, 33 to 36, you could, you could write home, hey, mom, hey, you know, no, the care's good or whatever. Or, and it was still very much, and not only that, Every once in a while, you know, there'd be a Jew in there or there'd be a, a communist. And not only was it, we're taking you out of society because you're, we also don't, you know, we're doing this for you. We don't want society to hurt you. You mm -hmm. know, you don't want these people there. The communists, they'll stone you in the streets. Hey, we're going to take care of you. We'll let you go, you know, when we let you. And a lot of them were let go. A lot of it is they were let go and then they were sent back in. But it was, it was normal that you like, you did, you did a, um, you did a stint at the concentration camps, then you got out. You right. didn't flee the country because it really wasn't, it was more of like a pain in the ass. But right. it was, all right, okay, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop with the, you know, slap on the wrist. All right, I, 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 I got it. And there was also, it was also the whole growth of the SS and the SA. And you had all these, I think they called them like the lost generation. And they were too young to have served in World War I. But they wanted to, they really wanted to serve, serve the fatherland. And you couple it with economic downturn and, you know, Treaty of Versailles. And it's really like, how, well, how can you come serve your nation? Well, you know, you can come work in these camps. And, you know, and a lot of these guys were just, they, want, they didn't fight. They didn't, never fought in a war, but they were so amped up to just, you know, I want to I protect the fatherland. You need me to rough them up? I'm going to rough them up. I may even rough them up a little more. We're doing yeah. it for the fatherland. These are communists, you know, all right, you know, let's, okay. And they said it was almost like, 
not only would they get drunk, but they said a lot of these guys, it was, it really escalated slowly. It was like one night, one guy got his jaw broken and then they, okay, they back off. And not only that, but because you were right outside of the judicial system, the actual judicial, judicial system, the, the, the jailing system, these guys would often come to the concentration camps. And if they saw someone bruised and beat up, there was a, a lot of people were fired. These guys were let go. There was a lot of like German oversight. So it's early on, it really was these like, it was almost like they were like a rowdy gang. Yeah. And they kind of served a purpose because like we can't have these communists. But like, dude, if there was so much as like blood drawn, there was investigations, people would get fired, there would be a lot of uproar. But where is that uproar coming from? Well, it's coming from like the political centers. Well, Hitler's slowly saturating those. So there's this reciprocal feedback system where as more and more guys from, you could almost say like the equivalent of DC are starting to become Nazis. Well, if I've got this tiny little Nazi camp in South Georgia, less and less guys from DC are going to come down and slap me on the wrist if, if they're just like me. And as less of them come down, I'm going to be harder on these people. As I'm harder on these people, more people fall in line and get more and more scared. And it, yeah, it was the slow reciprocal feedback system. Yes. It's sorry. I just went on a rant. I cut you off, but, um, not at all. It's just, it's very fascinating how a whole nation could be seduced by such evil. It, it you, you're right. It has to be one tiny step at a time. That's what it was. There was a lot, a lot of pride. It was, you know, you work at a concentration camp and it's, so you're working for the fatherland, you know, you, you joined the army. It, it'd be like joining the national guard and all right, you know, thank you for your service. It was that kind of thing. Yes. And it's, it was very, very slow. And they also started to call it the, what did Himmler call it? The seat, the cement of blood. And it's, you started to get these guys to do it together. You'd all get really, really drunk one night. And what they would do is early on, after years of abuse, once they started inching forward, and I think after the first or second guy was like beat to death, and then, you know, the crackdown would come. Finally, they were like, but they got, they got like a taste of it. And these guys were like, this is our war. And so what they'd actually start to do is they'd start to go into the cells and they tie a noose and they'd be like, you should commit suicide because you're never getting out of here. And they would, to some of them, they'd, they'd talk, they'd get in their head and they'd get the Jews to commit suicide. And as more and more time went on, they'd even go in with a pistol and a single round and leave it there. They'd say, hey, you have 24 hours or we're going to beat you to death or you can just take an easy way out. And it, and not only that, there was a legal loophole. Because if they committed suicide and then, you know, a German guy would come from Berlin and, what's going on here? I don't know, man. He fucking offed himself, you know? It's, and it started to go as that. And then I'm, that's where I am right now. So I don't know what happens next. Well, I do know what happens next. But like, yeah, no, but it's, it really is. But yeah, it's the cement of blood. So they'd get them all, all these guys drunk and, oh, you haven't beaten a Jew to death yet? Where are you, a fucking pussy? 
Come on, yeah. man. Where's the hair on your chest? You've never drank alcohol? Okay, we're going to drink tonight. We're going to smoke tonight. And then we're going to do something at 2 a.m. You know, an initiation. And it was, and then when you did it, you were a hero. They'd bring you a whore. They'd, and that, that's not my words. I'm, that's literally, they'd bring you a barracks whore. That's what they called them. You're a man now. You're one of the boys. Okay, you were too young to serve in the trenches, but you just did something for the fatherland. You got your hands dirty. Not only that, you then you just dump in the fact that there isn't a free flow of information. These guys don't have iPhones and Wikipedia. Right. So they're just like, yeah, you're right. I'm doing this for the fatherland. The Treaty of Versailles, how dare they? And it's mix that with, you know, stymied information flow, perhaps not the best educational background. And then some literal, just like, you know, 18-year-old hormones, alcohol, get all the boys rowdy together, flave, wave the German flag. Shit, man, that it was literally, it's like foreplay. You can get them right up ready, and then it's just, yeah, man, just go shoot them. It's right there, just go shoot them. You're one of the boys now. You might even get a raise. You want to be doing, you want a raise, don't you? Imagine writing home to your mom, to your dad. Your dad's serving World War One. Imagine telling me you're an officer now. It's fucking... It's dirty, man. Bit by bit by bit. I'm sorry. I've been ranting, Paul. I haven't let you talk. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's all right. There's just way too much to say about these things to, to successfully do it in a short time. There's just too much. Can't be done. That's why that's why I'm conscripting you to my podcast. You are now <laughs> you are now a foot soldier in my podcast. Uh, bit by bit, huh? Bit by bit, you're becoming in 10 years, how did Paul Whitcomb become a TPC foot soldier? In fact, <laughs> 60 minutes tonight, the expose. Serving the thrilling story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, um, but there's another book. It's, um, The Nazi Occult. Yeah. And it's, it's how a lot of, a lot of them believed that they were truly invoking, like, the ancient Nordic gods. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, and there's some weird shit. You get into like the SA, the SS, the Hitler Youth, and then the same dates. It starts in 33, 34. You know, you grew up right after World War One. You know, it, that's their 9 11. Hey, they oppressed us, they destroyed us. You slowly start to see just this, yeah just insidious slow well the the greatest scenes in modern cinema is that scene in raiders of the lost ark when the ss officer gets the ark and opens it up and it comes out and turns to a skeleton you know he melts but there's some truth to that they really were scouring the world for these mystical artifacts like the spear you know the spear Mm -hmm. that pierced jesus and and the ark and and all these things Yeah, yeah. Now Hitler didn't put much uh, weight into it, but but Himmler was really, he was really into it. Oh, an insane amount. And he thought that that would make the Nazi armies in, invincible. It's I need to send you that book too, the Nazis and the occult. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, what was the name they had? I can't remember the name. They literally on a nervous society. Yes, on a nervous society. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was, oh, yeah, all these like you know stupid conspiracy movies and in Indiana, dude. This show was real. They were in Asia. They were in Africa. 
They were in the jungles in the Amazon. They were, they were in India. They were all yeah. over looking for these. Things. All this runic shit. And it was, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, you'd put runic symbols on on um what was it? The Nazi bell? Yeah. You ever heard of the Nazi bell? Yeah. It's the idea that they had this anti anti gravity craft. Yes. What they do know is that that station did exist. What was it? Um Salacia. And they did find stuff with like runic symbols on it. And the purpose was they believed if you put these runic symbols on it, you were invoking the power of the gods and thus your technology would work better. Well, you know, there's a really fun junkie movie called Iron Sky. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it. Yeah. You know, the whole premise is that the Nazis have hidden on their moon base. Yeah. And that they're still there and they're getting ready to reinvade. Yeah. And after reading this book, it's not as far-fetched as I thought that it was. Dude, after, yeah, you read Operation Paperclip and you're like, uh, what? Yeah. You're like, they, because I mean, what did we do? We brought them over to America and then we got them to take us to the moon. Right. I don't think they did it, but God damn, it was not, it, it, it's not as, the war went on until 1950, they very well could have gone to the moon. Absolutely. That's just a, that's just a technological fact that they had the they had the they had enough thrust they had staged rockets they had liquid fuel rockets they were doing tests they 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 could have gotten into low Earth orbit. I mean, do you know what the the don't let me keep you by the way I'm I'm talking your ear off. No, no, I know you've only got a few more minutes. No, so. Oh no, I was I was gonna say I wanted to watch the uh, the SpaceX launch at four thirty, but I'm realizing I don't, I don't really give a shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, no, let me know if you need to go, but I, I'm, I, I, I still have a lot to say. Um, excuse me, but do you know what the silver vocal is? No. The silver vocal was an actual craft drawn up by the Nazis. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll close it down four thirty. but, um, it was a craft by the Nazis. It was the, it was the precursor to the space shuttle. What it was is, is this thing with this big solid fueled rocket. They had it, it was like a sled on like this almost roller coaster track that was like five kilometers long. Mm-hmm. And it would, they'd launch it up and then this thing, it would actually get into low earth orbit and it would use the sort of, I don't know what it's called, where you can like bounce off the atmosphere. Right, sure. Yeah. This thing was supposed to go something like 12,000 miles an hour, get up to low earth orbit, skip across the Atlantic, and then it would drop an early fission bomb and it would land at an Axis base in the Japanese islands. Wow. And that is a completely, this silver Vogel. It is, again, not a pipe dream. One of those scientists is one of the guys that came over with Operation Paperclip. So that's probably part of the reason why they did all these experiments about the high altitude yeah. uh, effects on, on pilots. Yeah, yeah. They were so advanced in that pilots the jewish prisoners right right yeah yeah well yeah, yeah. no they were yeah they but yeah dude it's it was it was the precursor to the precursor to the the x20 dinosaur literally called dyna d-y-n-a-s-o-a-r soar yes stupid name that was a pentagon plan in the early 50s, and they were going to take this thing, they were going to put it on top of one of the, the Redstone rockets, which was just the, the bastard child of the V2. Yes. 
and you were going to launch this thing into space. And the idea was this thing could fly around the world, perhaps even take pictures of the Russians, see what they're up to. And, uh, you know, maybe drop something. But that plan is directly from the Silver Vogel, which was, and the Dex-20 dinosaur is the precursor, the same, the same division that would go on to create the space shuttle, a reusable space plane. Wow. Dude, like, this was like 1943, 1944. And, but the problem was is they didn't have the armament that they wanted to drop, which yeah. was a fission bomb. Well, they considered that a failure, thankfully. Jesus Christ. It's, I mean, yeah. So it is not that far off that the Nazis were close to nuking us from orbit. Yeah. It is totally defenseless against that kind of a weapon. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, there's, So, I mean, when you take everything we've said in this podcast into consideration, Operation Paperclip, I mean, it does make sense. You've got to... Because, okay, we get rid of the Nazis, but what happens when the the dirty Soviets get all this stuff? And we're still fighting a war in the Pacific with the Japanese. Yeah, it's not over. Germans have got guided anti-ship missiles and all these other weapons that we've never even dreamed of being able to design here they are we have to use these for the war effort in the pacific i just remembered do you know it's actually where i was born portsmouth new hampshire do you know in 1945 like right before the germans surrendered we actually intercepted it was well i think we brought it to portsmouth but we intercepted a a a german boat carrying the pieces to a u-boat and all the plans, as well as all the plans to V2 rockets that were going to be launched from U-boats, so early SLBMs. Yes. And they were bringing them to Japan. Almost as a sort of... The Messerschmitt 262, a complete one of those, was in that submarine. A bunch of of the Wunderwaffe. So they were literally... The the Nazis were literally like, okay, hey, we're down and out. Hey, Hey, Japan, you know, maybe a little insurance plan. You guys can piece these together. Have at it, you know. Absolutely right. I'm not using, you know, I'm not using it, but Jesus, dude. I mean, yeah. Even now, just saying all this, you really start to realize, like, dude, Germany losing the war is very much like, like James Bond, like snipping the wire with one second left. It's very much like that. A terrifying amount. It is. And if they hadn't opened a two-front war, you never know how things might have turned out. Or if he had managed to cross the English Channel and invade England. Or if they had just, or if they'd, if the U.S. hadn't successfully taken out their heavy water plants. Right. The Russians had a fission bomb. Imagine an, imagine an early nuke. Imagine a Hiroshima. But imagine if the name we all knew was like Normandy. Yeah. Absolutely right. A totally different world today. Jesus Christ in heaven. Paul, I can tell you're burned out. I'll let ah, you just it's so much to think about. Yeah. yeah. Um it it's just it's overwhelming. It is. It's yeah, man. I'm gonna send you two books, Nazis in the Occult and uh KL. You should just dabble. 
Nazis and the Occult is like a one-day listen. It's like five hours. KL is like 40 hours. So listen to listen to that, what you will. I'm not even through it. But um, <laughs> I would love to do a part two. We can keep talking about Nazi wonder weapons. Boy, there's just so many things to, to talk about. It, guided missiles and flying wings, <laughs> ballistic missiles, and uh, just the list never ends. It's Jesus Christ. It, <laughs> you should look up the German railgun. Yeah, I will. They were planning a railgun in 1944. It was going to have a power plant the size of a city. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Railguns that we are just now kind of figuring out in 2020. We're, we're trying to figure out how to do that. Um, okay, I'll let you go, but I want to say, um, Marvel movies. Have you seen? You seen? Um, what's the? Is it Winter Soldier? What's the one with? Um, with Hydra. It it's one of the Captain America ones. I'm not sure which. But yeah, I have, yeah, I've seen them all. I like. Yeah, them yeah, all. yeah. Do you know the idea of Hydra is actually that they say it in the movie? It's they've got. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, she's reading the computer and it's, in 1945, we brought over, the OSS brought over scientists via the German paperclip. What it really was, was a brain transfer. They came in and like a beautiful, was it like a, uh, a beautiful virus. It grew and grew and over 60 years, yeah. they seeded America. We thought we were getting scientists. The reality is, is we just took the demonic virus, like a host that kills yeah. an ant. It killed Germany. We took it it's gotten America, but they didn't want to show themselves. So they kept the American flag and kept it and said, we're America. But reality is, is right now you're in the fourth Reich and that's what Hydra is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It makes you. Yeah. That's something those motherfuckers would do. You bet they would. That's something they would do. Yes, they would. If, well, I hope that's just. Make the hair stand up on your neck, man. Makes oh boy. those pa- patient, they would do it. They would wait 80 years. Patient. Well, some of the stuff that's going on right now makes me a makes little you go a little. We're going to we? chip you and, and track you. Yeah, yeah, we're going to chip you and track you. Hey, hey, America, just like Germany, we apparently have no problem with bombing brown people. It's, hey, as long as you're not blonde-haired and blue-eyed. For the record, that's not what I condemn. That's just that's a fact. That's that's I don't want to get my podcast yanked. No, um, definitely not. That is just um ooh. That makes the hair stand up, man. The CIA, all the shady shit they do. Oh boy. That's ooh. a series of podcasts. That is a that is a ton of podcasts. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait until the next one. I'll text you. I got a two days next week. And um again, I'm sorry for canceling twice on you last week. No problem, so, my friend. Rest it's always in, a pleasure. Rest in peace, Oscar. Seventeen and a half years old. It's man. I had to. Wasn't sick. Nope. I put down my dog and I cried like a bitch for two days. I had to cancel on Paul. I was like, Paul, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I would have looked like a pregnant woman just falling. Paul, Paul Whitcomb, Operation Paperclip, the first of many. Always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. I'm I'm glad I found someone with an equal interest in this stuff. And you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Have a good one.